chapter 11. That's where our text is taking us this morning. Hebrews chapter 11. And on this Memorial Day, Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm praying that the weatherman uh, is a liar uh, for tomorrow and the rest of the week. Uh, From what I understand, we're supposed to get a lot of rain. Uh, So that's the last I saw uh, Friday, yesterday, and I haven't looked at it because my heart can't take the fact that uh, Miss Kelly's going to be grilling in the rain. I just cannot stand uh, to see her do that. But I think I'll get her her an umbrella. Uh, But uh, I'm in the doghouse and I'm trying to get out. Uh, I don't think I've quite succeeded yet. I'm not helping anything right now, am I? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we arrive at the book of Hebrews, we arrive at chapter 11. Lord, today I ask that you would speak to our hearts. This is in addition, this is in addition to everything that we know. This is just one more brick, one more truth to put into our life that supports our love for you and gives us insight into what we need to be doing as a believer, as a Christian, as your child. God, I'm asking you just to do something, that you would do something in our heart, that we would have a deeper love for this country And that we would have a deeper love for the country to come. Lord, watch over us now, please. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We are blessed to have a Bible college here. Years ago, our college secured a status with the U.S. government known as SEVIS. They have changed the name of SEVIS to that name. It used to be just this way to get into the country foreigners to get into the country for education's sake. When 9-11 happened, you could not get this status unless you went through loopholes. In 9-11, Homeland Security, 9-11 Homeland Security, the Department of Education and the federal government all of a sudden closed the portal to where everybody now, it came down to one centralization for people to come into our country. They could come on a F-1 visa which means that they could go and study, but they were under very strict guidelines of what they can and cannot do. We have been very blessed to have people from foreign countries come our way. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Carolyn, Saganali, and Enoch. We were very blessed to have them. Uh, Kennedy uh, and Kennedy's sister, very blessed to have them from Haiti. And uh, Mexico, very blessed uh, one of our graduates this year, Stephanie uh, Carrillo, she is from Fresnillo, Mexico, in the state of Zacatecas. I think I said that right. A very high crime rate, a very poor area. And uh, Stephanie get a call from Brother Ortiz and says, look, there is this little girl that now is graduating from high school. Her father... And family used to live, I believe, is that right, Brother Juan? Used to live in Diana, some, I think it's right up in there. They subsequently had gotten saved, and they went back to Fresno. Long story short, and now she wants to go to college, Bible college. Can she come? We did all the paperwork. She came. The very first day I met Stephanie, she spoke very little English. She learned her English here in Longview, Texas. And uh, 
she would talk to you very broken. She would stare at you when you would say things, and she would tilt her head, and then all she would do is just smile and go like this. And, uh, and, and so I, we had interpreters. We had people who would help her. And let me tell you, four years later, you would, you would think that she was born here because she understands and is just incredible uh, morphing of her language. But when Stephanie first came, the place where she's from, and we have taken three missions trips there, and those of you who have been there, you can attest to this, it is very, very poor. It, it is very much a backwards way of looking at things. The church building, we raised the money to uh, give them walls, windows, floor, paint, because when they were having church, they had walls, no roof, ceiling, if you will, no windows, and the first time that we went there, we were eating in an open area with a tarp on top, and the conditions were just just crazy conditions, the children and where they played. When Stephanie was here, I didn't pass Stephanie without her looking at me and going, gracias, thank you. When she would come from the dining hall, it was just thank you. The dorm where she stayed was a thousand times better than where she came from. She could not believe the freedom and the wealth that this country had. There came a point to where somebody said, Pastor, I think we have a problem. And it was like, what problem do you think we have? Well, Stephanie's taking her leftovers and she's wrapping them in paper towels and the, the napkins there from the dining hall. And she's kind of putting them in her purse and kind of taking them back to the dorm. So I asked to see a Stephanie and I said, Stephanie, are you okay? Why are you doing this? She goes, oh, pastor, I cannot believe the food that is left on the plates. And I'm afraid that you're all going to run out. And I need to save some for my friends. Because when we are in Mexico, when we would have leftovers, we would, we would wrap them and we would save them for, for, for my, my brother and my sister. And because we didn't know. Her father gets up every morning. And they make tacos. I'm sorry, on the weekend. They make tacos week for the weekend. And then he goes on the side and he sells tacos. When we were there, I had no idea that they took all their money to make us the food. And then they went without the week after. When I found that out, we sent money back to, through Brother Ortiz and said, no, no, no. You, you make sure they're taken care of. We didn't come to be a burden on them. But to them, it was a blessing. When Stephanie found out that she could come to this country and get her education in this country, she was excited. Her, her world had changed. And there was not a time that I would meet with a Stephanie that at the end of our conversation, she would look at me before she walked out, before we prayed, and she would say this, Pastor, thank you. Thank you. Because this truly, and then one day she used a term, 
a better country. And I thought to myself, a better country is only in relation to where you come from. I'm going to say that again. When you look at America and you say, better country. Other people look at America, we got problems, we have this, we have this, we have this. But when you're from a country that has nothing, and then you have the hopes of going to a country that has everything, then guess what you say? I desire a better country. Here in Hebrews chapter 11 on this Memorial Day, would you pick up with me in verse number 8, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place where he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. He went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. Look at this. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one uh, and, and, and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them that are the promises and embraced them that were the promises and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. That is an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. A better country. A better country is only a better country dependent upon where you come from. And how much you think the country you live in has it all to sustain you. If Stephanie knew that living there in Mexico, like many people know, and this is why America is such a hot spot to get to. The Western civilization that we live in has permeated third world countries across the world. And when you say, I'm going to America, that means something. When you say, I am from America, that means something. Why? Because we have a better economic system. We have a better way to make livings. We have a better freedom. And the problem with Christianity is this. And the problem with Native Americans is this. We complain about this country. We gripe about this country. We complain about the things we have. We go to the food pantry and we walk into the food pantry. And because we don't have what we want, we think we have nothing. 
Oh, but there are people outside of this country that they truly have nothing. There are people outside of this country that have no freedom. And every time they watch American television, no matter it's from the 70s and no matter if it's from the 80s, and they see those commercials of laughter and freedom, guess what? Burning on the inside of them is a desire to go to that country and drive that gremlin and drive that Yugo and drive... That Winnebago. And then they're shocked when they get here and it's much better. When they come, Brother Jared will tell you that the Philippines, they, they are two steps behind. When you go to the third world countries, they're wearing last decade's attire. And you know what? There's never been a foreigner that I have met that has come here that they did not say it's much better than what I ever thought it was going to be. And you know who gave us this better country? The men and women who gave their lives to make sure that the evil on the other at the other places did not come to our shores. And no matter what we say about our government, no matter what we say about its taxes, and no matter what we say about its restrictions, listen to this. Even through this COVID-19 virus, America is in a better, better condition than what is going on over in China and what is going on in these other countries because you and I as Texans would not stand. For someone coming into our house and dragging us out, we would be calling the coroner and say, bring a body bag because they're laying in the streets. Someone told me yesterday that the National Guard patrols the east, some cities in the east and they're like, there's a curfew. And the National Guard is on the street making sure everybody's in. I just started laughing. I said, if they came to the nation of Texas, the Republic of Texas, that wouldn't happen. We are our own National Guard. But my friend, when are we going to be aliens in this country? When? When? Could I transition to the spiritual? When? Are we going to go to the shore of this world and look into the next world and say, I desire a better country? Where I'm living is depravity and where I'm living is problems and where I'm living, where I'm living, I don't want to live here. I don't want to live with fear. I don't want to live with cancer. I don't want to live with death. I don't want to live with my loved ones being dragged off to eternity by the grim reaper. I don't want to live here. I want to go to a better country. 
And on this Memorial Day, how about we spiritualize what our freedom is all about. Our freedom is given to us to where you can walk out these doors and you can get in your car and you can go anywhere you want to go and they'll never check your papers and they'll never interfere inside your house and no matter what restrictions are put on us, they are not imposed on us and they're not breaking into your house. They're not forbidding you to do anything. You and I live in freedom, but spiritually, when are we going to become immigrants, aliens, to where life does not become about here, but life becomes about the better country. Abraham, by faith, left where he was and was going to a country that the Bible says he knew not. The day you got saved, the day you got born again, the day you got redeemed, the day you were no longer on your way to hell but on your way to heaven, that day you were put on a bus and you were put on a train and you were put in a caravan of other believers that are trekking their way north and we're headed to a place that we are not going to live, uh, that we're going to live for eternity and some people are put on the bus and through time they look in the rearview mirror Because look what the word says in verse 15. And truly, if they had been what? Mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had, what please? Opportunity to have returned. You know, there came a point in Stephanie's mind And it happened about the last month before we shut down. About that last month, I saw Stephanie. And Stephanie looked at me and I I said, uh, hey, we're coming down to it, aren't we? And I said, what do you think? And she said, Pastor, is it wrong of me to want to go home? And I said, no. She said, is it wrong of me to want to go back to Fresno, to everything back there? And I said, Stephanie, no, you miss your family. You miss that world back there because the world back there has something of value to you. That's why in your mind right now, you want to go back. The difference between a Stephanie wanting to go back is that there was value back there. There was her mama, her daddy. There was her family, her brother who she worried about. There was this church members that she loves. There, there was this back there. It was her language that she could speak. It was her culture that she could live in. And all of a sudden, the more she started thinking about that country, the more she sought for opportunity to go back to that country. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. There is no value in this country. And as believers, 
there is no value spiritually to remain in this country. And that's why as believers, we've got to make sure that we don't use our mind to use opportunity. Well, you know, when I do this, I'm going to get out and live how I want to live. And I'm going to go back and do what I want to do. And you listen to this, listen to this. This world has nothing to hold for any believer and any child of God. It'll do nothing but take your life to hell like Satan was taking your soul to hell. Bless God, you and I ought to say, I desire a better country. I don't want to live here. What made the better country possible? The same thing that made this country possible. Somebody had to die. And the ultimate soldier took the ultimate hill. And where he did not fight till death, he laid down his life to die. That is the difference. And you and I are going to a better country because Jesus Christ gave his life. Unlike those soldiers that we saw, they had no idea you and I would exist. Some of them died in the 50s and some of them died in the 60s and some of them died during Vietnam and some of them died during this conflict or this conflict. They, had, they don't even know you. They don't even know me. But, oh, there was a soldier that went up to Calvary. He did not go not knowing the people he died for. He went to Calvary knowing everything about you, knowing everything about you, and he still died for you. How many times do we hear a veteran and how many times do we hear somebody, when somebody burns the flag or somebody starts drinking and gets drunk and kills somebody or somebody strung out in drugs, how many times do we hear a veteran say, and I gave my life for that? You're taking advantage for that? And they bemoan the fact sometimes, and justly so, that I did not give the time away from my family, and my granddaddy didn't give his life so that you can act any way you want to act. But our Savior never feels that way. Let me tell you something. When our Savior went to Calvary, and he said, I'm dying And I'm giving my blood so that my creation can go to my country. How many times, how many times, my friend, did Jesus say the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of heaven is like? You know what he was saying? Let me tell you about the world I'm from. One of the most stirring things that I've ever seen in my life and never experienced in my life was the very first time 11 years ago when I went to the Philippines. When I went to the Philippines back then uh, for the very first time, we went to uh, the, war, the war memorial, Brother Fernand, the, 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 the one where uh, they, they take you through, and, and it was the United States, and there's a cemetery there, and we were walking through, and we were reading these things, and then Brother Lorena, who was our guide, he said, uh, in this marble hall, and the echo and the acoustics was incredible. He said, could we sing God Bless America? And so the best way we could, with the Filipino accent leading us, which was odd, we stood there and we sang God Bless America. It was very interesting that the older Filipinos, I mean older, like Brother Fernand, these older Filipinos, 
that had relatives who were soldiers during that time or lived during that time when the U.S. soldiers did some amazing things. When they met an American, here's what they said. Thank you. And when they said thank you to me, it was like I didn't even do anything. I had an uncle that was in the Vietnam War that was not even anything about the Philippines. But you know what they recognized? You're from a country that your citizens gave their life so that we could have a better life. You're from that country. And let me tell you something. If we don't look and say, you know what? We get to go to a better country because Jesus gave his life. And when is the last time we said, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross because when this journey's done, I just don't go to the grave and I don't inherit the earth. I get to go to a better country. The reason this better country is able to exist is because somebody gave their life. I think the better country is a desire when you view yourself as a pilgrim and as a stranger in this country. Look what it said, if you would, in verse number 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Let me pause and just say this. This thing that they died in faith, not having received the promises while they were alive. But they were persuaded of these promises. Now think with me. They were persuaded of these promises. They embraced these promises. And then they died only to receive the one who made them these promises. The hardest thing about Siva's status is this. Creating a relationship with people who want to come to America. They have a call of God on their life. You, you, you create these relationships. All the paperwork is in order. Excitement is high. I'm going to America. The college has accepted me. They've told all their friends I'm going to America. I can get in. And then they go to their embassy or their consulate to get the final paperwork. And then somebody looks at them and says, you can't go. All the promises that they were made, all the things that they were told were going to happen, and now their hopes are high. They have packed their bags. They have gone shopping for whatever they could take with them that they think will fit in this new country that they're going to. And then all of a sudden, are you coming? I'm coming. Is everything done? It's done. And then to receive the communique that says this, I won't be able to come. They were persuaded of the promises. They embraced the promises. But now they're stuck in disbelief. Not so with Abraham. Not so. God said, come on, we're going to another country. I'm, I'm with you, God. I'm going to promise you that this is going to happen. All right, God. This is why he embraced them. He was persuaded of them. And then the Bible says they died in faith. 
that they never saw these promises come to pass. But when they died in faith, they awoke in the presence of God and everything they were promised, they are watching come to pass because of a God who keeps his word. Oh, my friend, you listen to me, young people. Every one of you young people listen to me. The best train you could ever hook your caboose to and your wagon to is God because his promises never fail. And this country has nothing to hold for you. Desire a better country. But it's all going to come down to this. Who you believe in? Who you believe in? On this Memorial Day, we have freedom. We live in the better country. You say, Pastor, that's, 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 a, that's a very biased, bigoted, prejudiced statement. I know. I know. Because here's the last thing. Look what it says. It says, for they, <laughs> I like this. Let's back up to verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers. For they that say such things. Look at this. For they that say such, such things. What things? I'm a stranger. I'm a pilgrim. I've got promises. This is what God said. Look at this. For they that say such things declare what? Plainly. Look at it. Declare plainly that they what please? Seek a country. Do you know what the world needs from you, the believers who have been given promises? Do you know what they need from you, the believers? They need you to declare plainly, I am a citizen of heaven. We need to stop living in cloak and dagger as believers. We need to stop bowing our head when it comes to our God and his son, Jesus Christ. I'm no more ashamed of America. I'm not ashamed to tell people I was born in the good old USA. I live in the USA, and it's the best country on earth. Like it, lump it, leave it. I don't care what you do with it, but I'm not ashamed of where I live. And it's about time we took the patriotism and put it right up there. And it's about time we took our citizenship of heaven and put it up there and stop making it a t-shirt and stop making it a bumper sticker and make it words that come out of your mouth. I love Jesus. I'm headed to heaven and I am not ashamed. On the job, tell them. Hey, you want a little bit of drink? You want to go party a little bit? Sorry, the country I'm headed to, not the culture I live in, but the country I'm headed to, that stuff doesn't exist there, and I'm just getting ready. I'm just getting ready. Because all this is foreign to me. I love that. When we uh, had the digital sign, and Miss Carrie, I think it was in your car, we had the digital sign. We put on there, honk for Jesus. Miss Carrie's driving by, honking for Jesus. I hope I get the, the honking for So she honks the horn. And I think one of their children said, in essence, Mama, who you mad at? <laughs> Can I tell you something? 
your speaking up for Jesus will make some people think that you're mad at them. You know what's really crazy is when I say to somebody, man, I love my wife. Man, I love my daughter. I love my nieces. Man, I love my mother. I love my sisters. I love my grandmother. I love my aunts, my cousins. Do you know that there probably is somebody that says, what, you don't love me? Because people run to the opposite. You ought to speak so loudly about where you're going when you die and who's going to take you there that people draw the conclusion, don't talk to them about the world and all the evil because that's not their style. I will end with this, and I mean that. A true cowboy, a true cop, not Kmart cowboys, okay? Not cowboy wannabes with their plastic spurs, okay? And their gold-plated belt buckles that really are not gold-plated, okay? And instead of walking like a cowboy, they try to. You know, a true cowboy, if you walk up to them and you say to a true cowboy, you want to go play golf? The reason there's a little bit of snicker right there is because how he dresses and how he works and how he acts and the truck he drives and the mud on his boots and, and just all of that, you would never insult him by saying, would you like to go play golf? Because the cowboy is going to put his thumb in his belt buckle He's going to go, son, golfer for sissy boys. Real man rides horses. Son, I got a gun that could shoot that golf ball when it gets up in the air. Do you know why you don't even approach the subject? Because he is so manure and cowboys and cows and horses in the ranch, and he smells like it. That you're like, nah, nah. He would not make a good golfing partner. Because if you took a cowboy to the golf, nine holes, 18 holes, you would have your golf bag. And he would have his shotgun. And he would pull out a shotgun and he would go, pull. <laughs> you and I ought to so embrace and so be persuaded that there's a better country to come that everybody around us says, yeah, yeah, don't ask them to do that activity because that's not their style. That's what I want. I want to be on this side going, mm, I want I want a better country. Praise God for America. Praise God for everyone in a foreign country right now that's like, I wish I could go. But may that passion for coming to America, may it transfer to you and I as believers. You and I are headed to a better country. Heavenly Father.
Lord, on this memorial day, on this day when you have given us a wonderful place to be, may we be able to transition spiritually to where how we feel about America and the pride that exists. Lord, I cannot wait to put my shirt on tomorrow with the flag on the front. God made that passion when we listen to taps and that passion when we say the Pledge of 